Support for WSIU's In the Author's Voice is provided in part by listeners like you. To make your donation, log on to WSIU.org or call 800-745-9748. Thank you. Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. In the spring of 2012, a commencement speech given by high school English teacher David McCullough Jr. went viral. His message to the graduating class, you are not special. That speech is now the basis of a book. I recently talked with McCullough about today's student experience and his book, You Are Not Special and Other Encouragements. I've been an English teacher, a high school English teacher, for nearly 30 years. And in June of 2012, I gave a commencement speech that pretty quickly became international headlines and went viral on YouTube and uh, lit up the social media. And in the speech, I suggested at the beginning that uh, kids weren't special. I tried to remind them that each of us is one of seven billion on the planet. And if you hope to enjoy distinction, if you have ambitions for achievement, that you have to go out there and earn it. And that kids should think beyond themselves and uh, focus more on the greater good. Um, from all the attention, the speech got came the opportunity to elaborate on the speech in book form, which I was happy to accept, and uh, the book came out in April. I know you've probably been asked this uh, thousands and thousands of times, so I'm going to ask anyway. Did you have any idea that in addressing students and, and parents and grandparents and giving them a little dose of, of reality during a commencement address would have this wide-ranging, rippling effect? Absolutely no idea whatsoever. I really, truly thought I was speaking just to the 400 or so kids seated before me. Um, I was aware that their parents and family would be there listening in, but it never occurred to me that anyone beyond earshot might take an interest in anything I'd have to say. Um, but they sure did, and I, I guess I said what many people, not just across the country, but around the world, um, have been thinking, but have not yet heard someone say. From your experience and the years in, in the classroom, and, and you've seen students through different generations now come through the classroom, and, and what, and we see students here, we're in a university setting, so I always see students after they've left high school, they're starting out their college careers, come through our doors here. What do you think has changed over time? Is it our, is it something societal? Is it something social? What this intense pressure um, to succeed at 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 all all costs? Um, Not just succeed, but be superlative. And I think that's yes. so heavy. I think um, many factors have aligned, and one of which is that parents are now having fewer children and having them later in their lives, which means each child then, rather than dividing their attention among four or five kids, they're dividing their attention among two or three. And because they're having them later, and they're further along, and the parents are further along in their careers, they have resources to deploy for their children's benefit. I think that's part of it as well. Also, the economy um, is such a prevalent concern that parents are adamant that their kids have a leg up against the competition. Um, 
it's a statistical inevitability that most of us are average. Well, parents don't want to hear that their kids are average. Their kids are, of course, above average. And uh, they will intercede to make sure that that distinction is enjoyed and that opportunities will then come their children's way. Um, in high school, the focus is, is overwhelmingly on getting into college and particularly getting into a good college. And good is just code for prestigious. Kids want very much to get into a, quote, good college. And they're adamant then about building a, an impressive GPA, about um, compiling a impressive resume. They're off. They're packing their schedules with everything they can think of. It's, it's, now no, it's not enough to, I don't know, be on the basketball team. You've got to have a basketball coach. You've got to have a shooting tutor and an agility trainer. You've got to uh, be on a fancy travel team and go all over the country and to showcase tournaments. And uh, it's that way not just in sports. It's that way, in, it seems, in every endeavor. And it's expensive and time-consuming and burdens kids with all kinds of pressure to soar. I, I can't help but chuckle. I, I'm an assistant coach for a club soccer team, and I just had a parent last week say, well, when are we practicing this week? I said, it's the week of July 4th. We're not practicing this weekend. I was at my 11-year-old son's Little League summer team parent meeting last night, and two very serious-minded coaches stood up in front of these parents and said, about the 11-year-old team, that they want to run it like a college program because many kids are headed in that direction. Well, they're 11. You mentioned, you mentioned something that, that, that struck me. I, I, we have a, our, our youngest child is, is now, a, will be a junior in, in high school, and, and we purposely tried not to be helicopter parents and tried not to do all those things that you, 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 talk, excuse me, you talk about. But I find that the pressure at school uh, from teachers and guidance counselors and even just her peers. I mean, she's taking two two college courses at the junior college this summer, and she's doing supplemental volleyball training. And It's the culture, and the parents get swept up in it as well, and they start to think, you know, if I'm not interceding on my child's behalf, if I'm not creating all kinds of edifying experiences for him or her, then my child will lose because the kid across the street has his parents advocating and spending on his behalf, and they're going to be applying to the same colleges, and my kid's going to get left out in the cold because it's very competitive. You know, the, Harvard, the gold standard in uh, college admissions, admits only 5% of the applicants. That means 95% of the kids are disappointed. And of those 95%, probably half or more are, quote, qualified. Um, it's a very competitive world, and not just parents, but the whole culture seems to encourage kids to do everything they can every minute of the day to distinguish themselves from everyone else. It's an arms race, and uh, I think sanity got left behind about 28 miles ago. What can parents do to return some of the sanity to the experience of of being a kid and getting that valuable life experience? I think parents need to take a step back. I think they need to have confidence in their child that um, any little wobble or failure is not disastrous. I think we all need to recognize that um, to endeavor anything of, of any value, you have to accept the risk of failure. And you have to see failure or near failure, or stumbles or wobbles, as educational opportunities. They're essential. 
particularly at this stage of life when one is a teenager. Um, school should be more, rather than some, an opera, a stage on which to shine, school should be sort of like a buffet where you go up and try a little bit of everything. Kids should see, am I interested in history? Am I interested in mathematics or physics? Do I enjoy photography? Do I like being in a play? Is it fun to be a soccer player? Um, this is where, high school is where all that kind of experimentation ought to happen. The problem is that kids are playing the ball right down the middle of the fairway. They're only taking courses at which they know ahead of time they're going to soar. Um, they're eschewing any opportunity to stray from the trail and explore a little. To what extent, or maybe this may be just completely separate uh, influence, but to what extent does the way that, the, that we've moved to this system of national standards, does that have a at any influence on the pressure that then is going to put on on students to um, you know pick whatever is going to be that most optimum path for them? Yes, I think so. We're, you know, we, we've embraced any easily identifiable definition of success, and for me, performance on a standardized test as a determinant of what it means to be educated is a huge mistake. Um, now, kids carry around these enormous backpacks with 50 pounds of stuff in them. I think that's the perfect metaphor for how they're conducting their lives these days. Not only are there textbooks and notebooks and laptops in those backpacks, so too are their parents' expectations and the college admissions officers' expectations and cultural expectations, and it's a lot to ask a 16-year-old to carry. Um, I think they should be much freer. I think they should have more free time. They should... Um, develop a sense of responsibility on their own, not have it imposed on them by the adults in their lives. Is this something that can happen without some sort of a systematic overhaul, or can teachers in the classroom and parents at home help to motivate this kind of change? I, I think it, 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 it's like Hemingway says, it needs to happen all at once and over time. I think it, on a case-by-case, individual basis, I think Parents and teachers need to keep a closer eye on what matters and give kids freedom to operate on their own. But I also think it's a cultural thing, and I hope books like mine will start a conversation about it. It would be nice to see colleges uh, recalibrate a little bit on their admission criteria. It would be nice to see the culture move away from performance on standardized tests as so colossally important. Um, a lot of things need to happen, but you know, we were a long time getting here, so it's going to be a long time to, to change the direction of the culture. Is there hope, though? I think absolutely. Anytime, anytime you're talking about kids, there's always hope. Um, they're they're uh, wonderfully receptive and resilient and energetic and bright, and they're eager to do the right thing, not just for themselves, but for everybody else. It's important, too, for kids to remember that their education isn't just for their own benefit. It's for everyone else who's going to come to rely on them very soon as well. And so we need to do a good job with these kids. David, if, there was, if there's one thing that you'd, you'd like to, to, to leave with, with listeners uh, about the book, what would that be? Uh, that uh, kids should learn to savor the moment more than they have, that they shouldn't defer their interests and energies and satisfactions for somewhere down the road. Instead, absorb themselves in what they're doing at the moment, and opportunity will follow. Uh, work hard as a matter of self-respect, and follow your interests. Be open-minded to new interests. And uh, 
listen to your mother. <laughs> That's David McCullough. His book, You Are Not Special, and other encouragements is available at a bookstore near you. In the Author's Voice is a listener-supported service of Southern Illinois University Carbondale and WSIU Public Radio. I'm Jeff Williams. Thank you.